Yo, yo, welcome back, welcome back. A very, very special episode of Man to Man Pod. Actually, the Man to Woman Pod today. <laughs> Yours truly, one half of the Man to Man Pod, Darius Butler. I got my co-host, Antoine Bethea in the building. It's good. And we have a very, very special guest, the great Renee Montgomery, another UConn alum, a champion, WNBA champion. She uh, <laughs> obviously on the front lines for the culture right now, man. Happy, very, very happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I just had to ask, have you told people about how we used to whoop y'all in college? Oh, that, man. That, that, I'm just that came up. I'm glad you brought that up because that's all the buzz talk wow. about is y'all wow. off season we used to play with the girls we in really the world. and and my my take on it I'm, i know they was giving you work and and what and what if and what have i said what has been my honest answer you said it's been some good competition but no uh, but that's what I so is actually good at basketball like there's a lot of football players that they just play football on the basketball court meaning like yeah. they just <laughs> run through everybody they go to the rim and just try to attack it he actually has some skills and he's athletic i don't know if people know but yeah that was good times that was, I, that I, was I appreciate that yeah you, you came up on on the pot i think two or three times we had rudy on uh we spoke about you guys we had ty on uh obviously hey, we spoke about you guys so yeah oh yeah 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 so we, we yeah. know we always gave y'all respect you know y'all used to whoop up on us we got y'all sometimes but <laughs> you know hey you know but yeah, so finding basketball, man. How did you uh, fall in love with basketball? I saw you played soccer and basketball early in your career in high school. How did you fall in love with basketball? Uh, honestly, just not being very good at it. You know, when I was younger, <laughs> I started out and I wasn't playing much. I was on an AAU team and I was sitting the bench and I didn't like it. And so I started to just get a work ethic from that. And I was like, all right, I want to at least make sure I get in the game because there was times where I didn't know if I was going to get in. And so then it went from, I want to make sure I get in the games to, all right, I want to be the person playing at the end of the game and starting the game. And, yeah. and it just kind of developed from there. And I kind of just fell in love with, with like being good at basketball. Like it, it was never really about me, like being the best player, even though I always wanted to be that, but I just wanted to be like the best player for my team. So yeah, I just kind of fell in love with the process of, oh, wow, I'm getting better. I'm getting more minutes. Oh, wow. I'm making shots now. And I just, it just kept going. Did any of your older did any of your siblings uh play the sport or was you like the first one that really like jumped it off? Nah, my older sisters, that's why I started playing. My older sisters, they both played basketball, but my oldest sister, Nicole, she was like a track star, broke every record in West Virginia, high jump, hurdles, long jump. And then my middle sister, Nache, she actually was a cheerleader in college. So super athletic. Uh they just chose different avenues. Wow. Got you, got you. Yeah, so they set the bar. So that would that would kind of uh, go right into my question. Uh, a friend of mine, Coach Keita, he just took his first year high school girls coach, uh, high school at a level down up in Naples. And uh, he said, I asked Renee, you know, what advice you would give her younger self, you know, trying to chase that dream, especially for you, because I feel like for you, um, you were born in what, 90? Oh, no, you were born the same year, 86. 86, my fault. My, my bad, my bad, my bad. But the, the WNBA started in the 90s, right? 91? Yeah, the WNBA yeah. is 10 years younger than me, so. Okay, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So uh, just give advice to your younger self, I guess, when it comes to chasing that dream and playing basketball at the highest level. Man, I feel like I shouldn't give the kids these days this advice because we was different, but mm -hmm. I was way too hard on myself. Like, I was, like, about that grind life in a sense of I felt like, it, you know, those shirts that we used to have, like eat, sleep, breathe, basketball, all those little AAU shirts we all used to wear. 
I was really about that life. Like I was really one that was dribbling around everywhere. And so I feel like I need to give kids now the opposite advice because like I know social media is a thing, but a lot of kids think that if they go to practice and they do good work at practice that like that's good. Man, practice was like the easiest part of my workouts, honestly. Like I was I was doing like work work when I was younger. Um so the the advice that I would give to my younger self would be like chill out, enjoy it more. Uh, Yeah, I was all about the process and like I'm not good enough. Like every time, even if I would have a good game, I'd be like, no, not good enough. And I would be working out and I would be going crazy in my own mind trying to get better. So I would tell my younger self to just enjoy it. A bad game is not the end of the world. Oh, it's great advice. Great advice. Yeah, yeah. Great advice. So, um, you know, uh, going into your uh, actually, this I know you want to talk about, um, you know, making that college decision. Obviously, you were dominant in high school. You had some. I'm sure you had everybody at your net. So, what was uh, what was that process like? How you found your way to UConn? Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. I had pretty much an offer from every school in the country. Uh, it was different because, again, now that y'all know how I was, like. I wanted to make it a point that I did have an offer from everyone. So I was working for like, I need everybody to want me, um, and yeah. let me from there. Uh, what really happened was though, you know, both, both of y'all, I'm sure the recruitment process, you understand that coaches are going to tell you exactly what you want to hear to get you to their school. They're going to tell you that you're the star and that they want you and that all the plans that they see for you when you're there, Coach Ariema came to the to West Virginia. <laughs> he was not talking like that. He was he was telling me how good UConn is and the people that came before me and that there's already a point guard there right now. And look, I Keisha. yeah, Keisha Swan. Yeah, yeah. came in my he class. He was just he like he shot it to me straight. Like you know, Keisha's already here, so I I don't pick favorites. So the best man will win the job, but we not rolling out the red carpet for no one. And I'm like. Wow. Okay. So this was different. Everybody else was telling me, "Oh, we're so you're a McDonald's All American, and you're this, and you're that." And they were just like uh, selling me the world. And he came in there and just did not do that. But for a worker like me, that was the most welcome pitch ever because I'm like, "All right, I know what to expect." Then, like, I I know that he means that, and I know that like he's going to shoot it to me straight. And I'm one of those players that I like that. Like, you don't got to sugarcoat it for me. Just, just tell me. And I remember you coming in because I came in the same class with Keisha, Keisha yep. Mill and, and, and that Charde and all that whole class. Yeah. And I remember you coming in the following year. And I and like I said, I spent we spent a lot of time with the women's basketball team. So Definitely. just seeing you come in, you like it was no, it was no hesitation for you. It was like, okay, like off the rip, you you knew like okay, she belonged. And even yeah. if everybody don't know it yet, or everybody don't feel it, left, <laughs> she already know. Like that was one oh, of no. our one of our patented moves was Renee coming down the court. She pulling up for a pop jumper yeah. before <laughs> Jeff was doing it. So that yeah. gotta respect that for the jump. I know you had a question, AB. Yeah, it's it's like it's twofold because um I, I probably got a, a good idea what the answer gonna be to the first question, but then I'm a rebound. So um reading, you know, your your parents and I think your siblings went to uh West Virginia State or HBC. Yep. Um so coming out, obviously, like you said, you you had offers from everybody. Did it ever cross your mind to attend an HBCU at that time? It actually did. And what's crazy is my dad, so he played football in college. He played at state. And um, he actually had offers from bigger D1 schools. But the schooling that he had in Ohio, 
he didn't feel like he was prepared. He thought that he would probably end up flunking out, get left mm -hmm. behind. So he actually ended up going to an HBCU because he felt like that was going to give him the attention that he needed, not just even sports wise, but academically. So not right. just athletically, but academically. So he actually made his decision and no knock on the HBCU. He went there because they knew that they he knew that they would nurture a young black man. Right. And so when you come and, and, and look at it for me making my decision, all of my family went to, to HBCU and they all supported me going to UConn because they thought I would be most prepared to excel there. And so for my family, that's kind of what it was about. Like, what's the best fit for me? Mm -hmm. Where where can I do the best? Like, what was I working towards? But yeah, definitely that HBCU experience. Like, I'm still sick. I miss it. I'm trying to like, <laughs> you know, like we didn't really have Greek life at, at UConn. I mm -hmm. wanted to play AKA, like yeah. AKA. So like choosing UConn did come with some, some consequences. Sacrifices, in yeah. Yeah. Like I, I had to make some sacrifices because I grew up being a part of that, that culture and a that part of that culture, Greek right. life. Like, you know, step shows and everything, like the football yeah. game, the band. Like I grew up on that just because my whole family, you know, the reunions every year. And so when I went to UConn, it was it was different. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a culture shot. We definitely nah, spoke about sure. that. We spoke um, that. Yeah. You know, me going to PWI, UConn, yeah. uh, Tuan going to uh, Howard. So obviously we speak on our differences of experience and kind of, I feel the same way, like, damn, I missed out. And I never even got recruited by HBCU school, but if I would at least took a visit, it would have been something to think about, but they took me up to Howard for homecoming. I might have been gone. Yeah, it was gonna be a wrap. Promise you that. But look, but 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 fast fast forward to now, right? And obviously, you know everything that's going on in this nation, in this country, and things of that nature. You see that um, it's a lot more, you know, um, high school um, athletes choosing that path or whatever. So, um, if Renee was coming out of school now, like, would that? Do you think that choice would be different? It depends. I, if if I, I think so, the reason I made my choice wasn't even necessarily the school in a sense of, of the coach. And so I think Howard would have told me the same thing that the other colleges told me. I, I think mm -hmm. that any HBCU would have like told me that they had so many big plans for me. I'm going to start. And that's not what sold me on the other schools. You know, when you're talking about top 10, top five, schools there's not much difference as far as facilities and anything like that the only difference is the coaching and the system and the players that you're going to be playing with so for me that's what i chose uconn for you know it wasn't the campus it's not stores we didn't have the like you know now they built a new facility but we didn't even have the most state-of-the-art facility when i was there yeah, like yeah. we didn't and i chose it because like i said coach Ariama came in there and told me like it was and and for someone like me, who I like real transparency, that was everything to me. So I look, I signed right away. I didn't even yeah, go on yeah. my official visits. Like right when he said that, I'm like, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I'm like, that's who I want to play for. Because I know that right now, if he can shoot it to me straight right now when he don't even have me, like he knows how sought after I was. Yeah, that's where I need to be. No, I respect that. Got to, got to. Now you won, a, I think, three, three high school championships. Yeah. So three high school championships, you won a championship in college, and then you went and won two in the WNBA so far. So you know, you know, probably more than anybody else we've had on this um, pod, you know, about championship culture. So what do you think is the biggest difference between the championship culture and, you know, I guess not? The first thing is work ethic. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people think they know how to work hard, but 
you're not working nearly as hard as like another group just because you might not even know. Like I know yeah. players that when when practices when we're halfway through practice, people are like, oh, this is a hard practice. And I'm thinking, man, I came from from a Minnesota or somewhere, Minnesota Leafs, where we won our championships. And I'm like, this is actually an easy practice. Like this is but it's just if you've never done it before, you don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Kind of in a sense where a LeBron James, everybody was really confused when why did he have to leave Cleveland and go to Miami to figure out how to win a championship? That's a real thing. You need to see what it looks like, especially yeah. as an athlete, because if if you only go by what your coach tells you to do and then what you've only seen before, well, if you've never seen a championship, you're you going to keep not seeing a championship. So right, I would right, just right. say yeah. that work ethic and, and unselfishness. I think that if you look on every championship team, there's like some big unselfish moments by either the superstar or mm-hmm. even the big three where you see a Steve Kerr in, in a Chicago's championship be a hero in a game. And we even saw in the last dance, you know, they highlighted those unselfish moments because those are the ones that typically make or break a, a championship run. Yeah. yeah. MJ had to change his style of play too. Yeah. Um, you know, for, you know, to mold yeah. around the other guys. So um, yeah, that makes it all the difference in the world. And being with Gino, like, what do you think sets him apart? I mean, I know you talked about, you know, the culture and the team, but, him as a leader because you've had a bunch of coaches throughout your life and i'm not sure who was he the best coach and what and if it was him or whoever <laughs> her was who was the best one and why listen i mean i was i'm sipping the kool-aid when it comes to uconn so y'all not about to that's that's gonna <laughs> always be that's gonna always be my choice because like uconn made me in made, a sense yeah. i came from west virginia and even though i was a mcdonald's all-american and i had played on the usa basketball teams People don't really care. Like I'm from West Virginia, so people wasn't really respecting it like that, even in a sense of when I got McDonald's All American. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, well, who is she playing? Who is she playing out there? Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I had to literally come to UConn and prove myself to the world in a sense. And so I would say Coach Ariema, I mean, you gotta think of the teams he's had too, because a lot of times we've seen teams on paper be amazing, right? And they're amazing, but they underachieve every year. Yep. I mean, even look at a Philadelphia 76ers where it's like on paper, it's like, dang, they no, be no question. So good. Like, yeah. but they just can't figure it out. That's that's coaching figuring it out. And it's on the players too, but coach master. Yeah, he's like a master of massaging egos and not even massaging them like pushing your buttons to make you turn up at this time and make you turn up it's just he does it he did it before my years he's done it after my years and so it doesn't matter what type of player i'm from west virginia he had california players new york players Mm -hmm. and he knew how to communicate with every single player a certain way to get something out of them so yeah i think for that reason it's not even the x's and o's it's the it's the how he controls his team and manages his team that I would definitely say he's the best coach I played for in doing that. But I've been fortunate. I played for some great coaches, a coach Cheryl Reeve, Coach Tebow. Um, mm-hmm. even in high school, I had good coaches. So I yeah, I I, that's probably half the reason that I have the fundamentals I have now. Yeah. Coach Gino, he gotta be top five for sure. I, I mean, I mean all across Across sports in general, he got to be in the, in the argument for greatest all time. Period. In my opinion, no question. Yeah, that's easy for me. That's an easy decision. But um, you got some maybe? I thought I saw you. About yeah, no, nah, yeah, for sure. So I, I kind of want to transfer over, right? So I know um, you know me and D Buck kind of talked about it, and, and your your decision 
to um to opt out um and not play um the 2020 season like you know d but i know he's one man of the year uh, i've won it so you know great athletes we do a lot on the on the field on the court but it speaks volume about a man or a woman about what they're doing off the field or off the court i what what like what was your your main decision um on opting out and not playing yeah i just wanted to to have an impact you know and even when i opted out in june it's crazy it's december right now but when i opted out (laughs) in yeah um it was just like there's a lot going on like you know when it when the pandemic made everyone sit down so for me personally i was taking a flight twice a week i'm super busy i'm calling games for espn calling games for the skyhawks so i'm on the go but the pandemic made me like chill out for a second and just sit down and have a look. And when I was looking, not that I ever, not that I didn't know it before, but just as we know, the string of murders was, it was live on television, live on news. We see George Floyd, you know, we see Breonna Taylor. I'm here in Georgia. So we watched people basically stalk and kill Ahmaud Arbery. Like that's wild. And so I'm like, what is really going on? Like that, like, I already knew it was bad, but just seeing it like that, nah, I was like, nah. I was like, nah, something like I need to do something. And I wanted to do something. I didn't know what it was. And so I'm like, you know what? I need to focus on what that something is going to look like. And I called my coach. I, well, I told my parents and they told me to pray on it, give it a couple of weeks. Um, and then I, ta- I called my coach after that couple of weeks, called my agent, anybody it would affect. And I basically let everybody know how I was feeling. And then I just opted out. Man, super salute to you, man. I feel like the, sure. the women, the women, uh, especially specifically in the WNBA, y'all kind of been on the front lines of this fight, you know, way back as far as it goes. You know what I mean? So salute to y'all, salute to you, especially uh Maya. You know, Maya yeah. set out. Yeah. Man, she had to do so on. Another husky, another, another husky, man. Y'all been holding <laughs> it down, man. Making 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 us proud, man. Making yeah, us proud. For sure. And it's it's so many of y'all in the game, and you know, right. in, in the WNBA game. Um, you know, for Bree Stewart, Maya, Tina Charles, you know, just all up and down yeah. every roster, yeah. every draft. Um, so how was that transition like? Now you go from UConn, and and I feel like uh, in the women's game in college, like once y'all go to the pros, like y'all seeing a bunch of each other again, like you know yeah. it's the top top dogs. How was that transition to the league? Uh, it was actually really good, and you kind of mm. hit on it for me. It wasn't as scary going to the WBA, knowing that well, some of my friends are already there. You know, like mm-hmm. it was kind of like all right, I've been and I watched it too, and I I think a lot of young kids don't watch the WNBA, which I think is like mind blowing. Well, I was studying the WNBA, like, because that's where I was about to be in my mind. So I was watching the players. I was watching the ones I knew, the ones I didn't know. And so when I got there, I felt like I knew a lot of the players before I even did. I mean, a lot of mm. players could even contest this. I would talk to people like I'm I'm friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would talk to people like I knew them, but I forget that they didn't know me like that. So I just came in and I was just like, Showing respect though to me, like I was like, yo, you killed it last year in the semifinal. Like just talking to people, yeah. Um, and I think that made me more comfortable because I was I knew the game and I knew what the WNBA looked like. Um, and then not to mention, you know, I played on teams where I played with Maya, I played with TT Tina Charles, I mm-hmm. played with Birdie. You know, I played with a lot. I played with Kalena Green, Asia Jones. I played with a lot of UConn players basically because there's a lot of us in the league. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, so it was kind of like, shoot, at, at the Connecticut Sun, it was like UConn on steroids in the sense of we just didn't have school. Now it was just our job. We had like four UConn players on the squad. It was it was lit, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I got a question for you. It's always been crazy to me when you watch the WNBA after y'all season is over, you see some of y'all top players going overseas yeah. and doubling up. Like, like, what is that about? That's That's yeah. always been wild to me doubling up there's players man like quadrupling up overseas overseas is where i mean overseas is what paid for my house if we're being yeah. honest overseas paid for me to gift my parents a mercedes like overseas pay for that and the reason i say that is because overseas you make obviously you make more than you make in the WNBA, a lot more but also you don't get taxed the same in a sense of the overseas people pay the taxes. So there's just like most of the money is actually going to you. To you. And so, man, I remember, I'll never forget. I was grinding in Russia for a house down payment. Like I was making yeah. stacks a month and I'm like, all right, by this month I can pay for a down payment on my house. And, and I just remember that grind, but that's why I wouldn't change it because the lifestyle that I'm living right now, obviously the WNBA had a part of that too, but mm -hmm. overseas money really paid for for a lot of the things that I'm enjoying now. And it got, I mean, it's, it's definitely a grind. And and but oh. you, I'm sure that experience. I don't know if people know, but I was like that house that I was so excited to get. Like I got mm -hmm. it probably ten years ago. Um, but I at the time I was probably in my house two weeks out of the year, and that's like that's like if it was a good wow. year. That's, that's like, it was an amazing year, and I had two weeks at my own house. Um, that's crazy. Other than that, I was at my WNBA team location, um, or I was overseas. So yeah, it was. It's a, it's a tough. It's a grind. Like that's what I said. It's a grind for real. I know. Just, forget physically. I know mentally, it was it was rough. That's taxing. Yeah. yeah. So you got to remember. I would go. We won a championship with the Minnesota Lynx, and eight days later, I had to report in France. So it was like I had to decide, do I want to go to the championship parade or do I want to just go home and get a couple days to myself? Um, I ended up doing the parade, going to the governor's mansion and all of that. So then I only had three days like to myself um, before I went overseas to France. So, yeah, it's, it's just tough because you come off of a whole season mm -hmm. and just mentally where you're grinding for a championship and then you just got to start back over in like a week and just start from trading camp square run one and. That's that's the hardest part to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, Ace. That's crazy. I know that got to be a good and bad though, because that's you also traveling. You seeing different parts of the world, different cultures, yeah. different languages yeah. and stuff. But it's a grind, like you said, man. But how do how do we how do we make it to where our best talent? You know, because like I respect the women's game probably more than anybody. You know, because I don't been up and close and personal, yeah. getting posted up, getting beaten, transitioned <laughs> by it. So it's different for me. And I yeah. just feel like you know, being a former professional athlete. How do we be able to, to make it to where y'all make enough money to where y'all can just play here and then have a real off season like you know everybody else like and I know it's hard to say that you know because the, the eyes come with the money the money follows and all yeah. that so how how is that do you have any answers you know Ben you don't you're on both sides now you know yeah, play, now you're in the media so what do you got any, <laughs> any yeah, solutions you know, for that it's it's funny because a lot of people the argument was at first that people just don't want to see women's basketball. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like the media followed that myth. And I'm going to call it a myth because this year was one of the first years where the WNBA was on full display. The WNBA is on full display because of their stance that, that, that we were taking when it came to social causes. But yep. in that same time, 
uh, Twitter put some more games on. They started picking up more games by other networks. And then you started looking around and there was WNBA games on all kinds of different networks on all kinds of different social platforms. They were streaming the games like the games were accessible. And then all of a sudden you see big promo, big people coming in. Glossier, a big beauty mm -hmm. company came in and be became a sponsor. Mountain Dew came in to become a sponsor. So it's kind of like that which comes first, the chicken or the egg. But in a sense of once people actually started letting the WNBA be accessible, because at a certain point, you can only just go on to, you know, the app to watch a lot of the games. Yeah. People yeah. don't like watching sports on an app. Like people right, don't right, want right. to watch. People want to turn on your TV and watch a game just like you watch every other game. So yep, once yep. that started to become a thing, product like sponsorship started to become a thing. So I think the more that you see, if you see a WBA game on TV, it obviously helps to watch it. That'll give mm -hmm. it views. But also more than anything, if you see a company or a sponsor that's betting on the WNBA, betting on women in general, you should support that company too. Because yeah. that's that's what companies, that's why the companies go and get an NBA superstar or NFL superstar because they think being aligned with that brand will make people support them. So in the same breath, if you see a company doing something, support it. Yeah, and I feel like the men have done a better job too of openly supporting it, um, yeah. talking about it. You know, the leagues—they've they've been doing a good job. Now, I do have a question. I've had this conversation privately with a bunch of people. It's uh -oh. probably my first time publicly having it or asking a professional player this question. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on? Because my idea is okay. Viewership may not be as high as it can be because maybe some guys don't want to watch things that they, in their mind, think that they can do, right? right. Now, you go and watch LeBron and whoever, Duncan, and doing all this, they know they can't do that. So have you guys have conversations, or what's the thought behind lowering the rim to, I guess, make it more exciting? Let's say nine and a half feet to make it more exciting for fans to watch. What kind of court, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's not a good idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for so many reasons. Um, one, because the product is already good. You know, right. like usually you change Agreed. something if the product needs to be corrected. If you see that there's a problem, the problem is with the people that think that they can play better than WBA players. The WBA <laughs> players not the problem. So right. to change our rims or to change anything that we're doing, we're doing the right thing. You know, we're bringing a good grade of basketball, entertaining. Uh, a lot of the people that don't watch WBA, they never watch WBA. So they're they're mm -hmm. saying things off of what they imagine a woman playing basketball would look like. And that's and that's why some players, some men, especially when they watch the WBA and they see like a woman blocking it, pinning it on the backboard, they're like, whoa, what? And I'm like, players been doing that. Like that yeah, ain't, for a minute. That ain't yeah. nothing new to us, but they already <laughs> had this idea of what they thought the women's basketball game was going to look like. So they didn't even fool with it off top. And then when they actually watch it, it's a whole different product. So I would say let's change the guys watching it as opposed to change the rim. <laughs> change the rim. Yeah, that, 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 that might... what was your take on that debut? Yeah, hey, this, this gonna be you know because you, 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 you I know Renee's a busy woman. She got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I got time. Hey, this whole, this whole episode work. I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Because deep butt, you be having some crazy ass takes, bro. So this ain't just, crazy though. This ain't crazy though for me because I always kind of look at. I always try to look at things objectively as possible right from the player standpoint and from the business standpoint right so i know why nfl don't have guaranteed contracts for instance it's a violent game everybody will get hurt i'm not giving y'all guaranteed contracts that don't make sense from a business standpoint mm -hmm. from the women's game in my opinion i feel like 
dunks are exciting. You know what I mean? I feel like skill set wise, the women play better basketball than the men do skill set wise. But that's just like writing an article. You can write the best article in the world, but the one that's going to get more clicks is the one that has a clickbait headline. That's just the world we live in. So from a business standpoint, I want to be more entertaining to not only get the hardcore basketball fan, but I want the casual fans that maybe a game is on TV and I just watch it just because I might see somebody do something that I know I can't do. Right. That's a sports fan. Yeah, sports fans think they can get out there and play quarterback. Advocate to your devil's advocate. Okay. Is that the, an casual, the casual fans that you think might enjoy the dunking, they're not going to watch anyway. So why would you change what you're going to do? Wouldn't they? They because they don't even know that players are pinning shots on backboards, even though there's highlights there, even I, though we say it, they're like, nah, I ain't watching that. It's <laughs> gonna be the same. There's 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 high school players dunking women, there's high school student athletes dunking, there's mm -hmm. college student athletes dunking. There's been double I know, but but okay, we know the difference between I know they're not I'm not to my rim grazers. I'm talking this. about <laughs> ah. So, but you 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 saying the casual the casual <clears throat> the casual um, the casual basketball the casual, fan the casual basketball fan that's watching, mm -hmm. yeah. And if they lower the rim, the casual fan can see five or ten women. Mm -hmm. Throw it down hard, like Throw no, 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 hard. not not. Yeah, it's just, it's just an extra. It's the most exciting aspect of basketball when it comes to or branding. When it comes shot. to the shoot, we, that could be up for debate. The three point you got a back. You got a back. No, no, I wouldn't say the three point Whoa, shot is as exciting. Player, as are you kidding me? When these players are the highlights, all right, you might have to run the highlights it, that are getting played the most. When Steph Curry was healthy, was his three I, from deep. It was the yeah. Three, you see Damian Lillard. Uh, hello there. Yeah, it, it, I, now you pulling up from the logo and clutch situations. That's different. But if you dunking on somebody, that's gonna be number one on Sports Center. The that's dunk contest is always gonna get more views than the three point contest. I agree. But to your point, why would I? As like, let's even just say I'm a company, right? I'm saying that's I, what I'm saying from a business standpoint. That's right, not even think about as players. If I'm a company, why would I change our formula to go get fans that just want to come and hate anyway? Like, and the reason I say that is because, like, you think they'll hate? They already hate by not watching because it's not a dunk. Like, I know plenty of people who their favorite athlete is not a dunker. Like, he doesn't dunk in the game very often. Like, there's plenty of athletes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree dunk, with that. But it's but it could be that same casual fan's favorite player. But if we're trying to appeal to them, and I'm a WNBA player, and I'm trying to appeal to that same casual fan. Your your favorite player don't even dunk. This, this, so this why is why you, you do it. <laughs> this is why you do it. Who is the most marketable athlete ever? For the WNBA, we probably, we probably all got his shoes. Jordan, Michael Jordan, right? Oh, Michael Jordan wasn't most revered worldwide for his skill set, for his fadeaway, his turnaround, his finishing. But he was most known for being Air Jordan for dunking, yeah. putting his tongue out, the crazy finishes yeah. like. So that's what I'm saying. As far as money wise, like to me, it would make sense. It's just like the NFL game. Like it's a violent game. We know what we sign up for. We sign up for full speed contact. But every year the rules are changed and skewed for the offense to score more points. You can't oh, quarterback sure. a certain way. So we know, and even football fans know. This man, this is not the football I grew up with. I hate it. Every year as it goes on, it gets softer and softer. But yeah, can't the money the knows they want to see points. Fantasy points, scores, passing exactly. yards, touchdowns. So it's like 
from the business standpoint, I look at it from a completely different lens than the, the purity of the I sport. I see what you're saying, and but sport. I just think like the WNBA already has an identity. And so you want the WNBA to be the NBA for women. No. I mean, the only no. difference is that we don't jump. I think, I know, There's but no she, like, she got a good point right there. Don't this, you? Like, this, that's that's a, but you don't think that's, that's a, a, that's a great difference? Point. That's, that's the big, that's the most marketable is. difference though. No, but that's but that's the only difference, but that's still our identity and even still women are dunking, but that's the problem with a social media. You're like the Instagram crew that's like TikTok is cool. <laughs> Let's have reels. Nah, dude. Yeah, dude. yeah, please. Yeah. You got you got you yeah. you got involved. Nah, <laughs> this is the thing too. The average you see, if you notice, a lot of users have a lot of bad things to say about Instagram. As a company, you might be doing well at a certain point, but those type of things, like I still go to TikTok for the real type stuff. Like for me personally, if I want to do that kind of stuff, I'm not on like I'm not into it, but that's where I would go. You're the type that like, let's just take everything everyone else is doing and be like them. I'm the hey, type it's, of it's like, a copycat lead. <laughs> boy, D but you hell, boy. It's a I'm saying we all had a problem with Instagram when they started the stories. Ah oh, man, y'all stole this from Snapchat. Man, what no, you but see, I don't think man, that's everybody using it. It's it's no. evolution. And and, no, and if you look at key, I get that, but then you don't need to lose yourself in the evolution. So I I'm, agree with that. You think you no, feel you like think. so you feel like you were losing yourself? No, the WNBA is evolving in the time span that it should. We got players dunking now. Uh, 10 years ago, we might have had one player dunking and very yeah. softly. There's players dunking, dunking now. That's the evolution of the WNBA, but it happened in the right time frame. Like it didn't, if we in the first five years was like, all right, let's lower the rims to nine and a half so we can dunk and entertain people. I don't know if we would have the product that we have today. Uh, hey, it, might, it might be a bigger product. You never know. This is the thing. D-Butt want to see windmills. D-Butt want to see 360s hey, and all that. This, this the thing, bro. It only been, I'm, I'm the average NBA player is 6'7", right? The average right. WNBA player is, I want to say, six foot or around that. I would say that's so a, there. Okay, so that's a seven-inch difference. Yeah. So... That don't make sense to play on the same size room. On why the same height we room. But, 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 but when you've been doing it like, your whole life, though. Rim, I could be like, all right, you know what? We're all struggling to get it there. It's too high. Like, for kids, in the bitty ball league, they lower the rims. Why? They're not strong enough to get the ball there. We are. You, they don't yes. lower the rim so that the bitty ball players can dunk on them, just so you know, D. But you might want the little bitty ball players to be dunking. I, I, I was a bitty ball player dunking, and it was illegal. They but lower I was dunking. the rim so that you can shoot accurately. We shoot accurately on the rims. The rims are – there's no problem. I, I agree. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I agree. So, I mean, I mean I, you know, we'll you revisit know, this. Some people agree with you, so I understand that that's a real debate. I've seen it before, and I'm just like, man, like – I, I definitely understand both sides. I understand it yeah. from your standpoint. Like, look, I've been playing this game. I don't want you, and I don't want it to come off like I'm trying to, yeah. like, minimize they, the women's sure game or whatever. You know what I mean? That, like, that's I, not where I'm it comes from at all. And my I, feelings are easy. Like that. Don't that didn't bother me none. Like that's yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you you know how I feel because, like I said, I played yeah. against y'all, but I just don't want the casual yeah. listener to think that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying. You know that that's just what I'm saying. Money wise, I'll be thinking about the money. Uh so <laughs> trying to get more eyes, more money, but the money, then all kinds of women brands should have been supporting the WNBA long ago. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah, like brands that are only making like if we're talking about money and products, us being women sells itself. We are women. There's so many things that we use that men don't use. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's product. A fact. Like that's, that's a fact. we don't need the dunking. We are women. We come with 
body parts and makeup and everything that that sells itself. So to me, I be thinking that people be focused on the wrong stuff. We already got the product. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, that's I'm, I'm focused on that's a bar though. That's definitely a bar. But you know, on top of that product, you know, a little dunk. A little slap glass here, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, nah, man. Hey. Listen, he was a dunker. I'm going to let y'all know, too. In basketball, he had some bunnies, so that's probably why he's that's so probably, That's probably why. Yeah. That's probably why, man. You know, but, uh, like, tell you set people, like Steph Curry. <laughs> hey, like Steph right. Curry's people's favorite athlete. A lot of people, he ain't dunking like that either. So, But just, when he does, it's a big deal. It's but like, he doing oh. it. He, he barely... But nah, but nah, we, 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 we made our, listen, we made our arguments and I trust me, I respect yours more than anybody, but you know, tell us about your podcast. I know you just got in a podcast game. Tell us about the podcast. Oh, yeah, check that out. I started a podcast and that's why before the camera started, I was asking y'all questions, but I started a podcast in the sense of, I realized I was doing a lot of talking on everybody else's platforms and I'm like, mm -hmm. man, there's a lot going on and I do have opinions about a lot of this. So I wanted to create my own avenue of where I could sound off. Um, and I wanted to create an avenue for my family because I feel like my family super educated as every, well, I don't know if people know, but my mom was, uh, she went to the HBCU West Virginia state and then she taught at state for 30 years after she attended the school. So just oh, my oh, sister is wow. a doctor. So we have like a, a a family that I'm pretty much the only jock that just kind of went school. <laughs> Everybody else got masters and doctorates and here I am. Um, and I wanted a place where people could see, connect with me and know what I'm doing and connect with my family. My manager, Paul, is on there and basically navigate the new normal, too. Like we're all yeah. doing everything remote. Uh, I have a lot of a lot of different friends come on the podcast and talk. Going to have you on there, D-Butt, for oh, sure. Can't wait. Can't wait. Just, just like, I mean, we talk about everything, business, sports, entertainment, activism, politics, like whatever's happening, that's what we're talking about. Um, and it's actually fun. I was like really stressed. I'm not going to lie. Like we started planning for it six months before we launched and I was stressed. Like, are people going to yeah. like it? Are people going to yeah. like it? Is it going to be funny? You know what I mean? Like y'all know, cause y'all got we one. Know. Yeah. And so then once I started actually filming it, it's fun. So it's I'm so having good. fun with it. It's way more fun than when I was planning it. So now it's the fun time. Like we film every Friday, release every mm -hmm. Tuesday and now I'm having fun with it. So yeah, it's called That's remote. Good. We uh, launch on everywhere you get your podcast and it's also on YouTube. We got nice visuals. We got great editing guys. Shouts to the Heartland group. So yeah, we're okay. we're we're, we're up and running, and I'm not as stressed anymore about it. <laughs> yeah, it's well, gonna good. be fun, man. Yeah, good luck with that for sure. Thank Absolutely, you. I can't wait to join you on there, man. Hey, appreciate you so much for coming on and joining us. Yeah, I loved it. It's hey, great, and I need man. to just say something. This is really weird because like we're actually friends, but you had an unbelievable career, by the way, D. But like coming from you. People didn't really respect UConn football in a sense of like the big powerhouse schools. You like went in there and I don't know, you played like nine, 10, 11. Yeah, years. I got a nine piece in there. Yeah, you got a nine piece nugget in the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's a big deal coming from a school where people didn't necessarily think that that was a school that produced that kind of talent. So, shouts to you. Hey, appreciate sure. that, man. Appreciate that yeah. a lot, man. Hey, this Bye. definitely won't be the last time you have we have you on, and I can't wait to jump yeah. on remotely, Renee, man. Be <laughs> blessed. Keep doing the things. Keep holding it down on the front lines for us. We appreciate you. For sure. Man, that was a great episode, and we just want to thank Renee Montgomery again for stopping by the Man and Man pod, dropping some gems. Um, definitely just talk about everything that she has going on. Obviously, dropping her podcast as well, so definitely 
Um, go to subscribe. Go check her out as well. So, again, thank you, Renee. Great, and, great um, interview. Great, great interview. Um, so, D-Buck, you just kind of talked about this crazy stat. Oh, um, yeah. yeah so, um, coming in. Go ahead. I thought you got it. Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, coming off this past week, A-Rod broke a, another career milestone. Shout out to uh, Aaron Rodgers and, uh, you know, catch him on Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on the Pat McAfee show, too. But this is a crazy stat. And, and I, I know you said you saw it and some people have already seen it. But I, I got to just say this shit on air. Of the seven quarterbacks that throw 400 touchdowns in their career, and it's only seven, right? On that list, you got, obviously, Aaron Rodgers just on that list. But you got Tom Brady on that list. When he threw 400 TDs, he had 143 interceptions. When Drew Brees did it, he had 196 interceptions. Peyton Manning, 198. Phillip Rivers, 202. Dan Marino, 231. Brett Favre, 258. Gunslinger. <laughs> and then you got Aaron Rodgers. He threw a 400 and only 88 interceptions. Like that, that, like that's like literally that's a quarter of what Brett Favre and you know not far from Reno. Been a quarter. like that's that's crazy. So when you having that goat conversation for individual positions, and I'm I'm a former teammate of Tom Brady, so I always say he the goat. He the goat. You you a former teammate of Peyton. A lot of people got him as a goat or in the conversation. For sure. Aaron Rodgers got to get some serious consideration of being the greatest of all time. What's your thoughts? It's, I, yo, that's gold <laughs> status. That's gold status. There's no way you can go around that. No way you can argue that. Now, when you do, when people do argue, it's one oh, argument. Oh, they, oh. Hold on, come on. Okay. Hey. Hey, oh, love a boy. Oh, love a boy. Oh, love a boy. What you saying, but for real, like that's gold status. But that one, that one argument everybody always fall back on is how many Super Bowl rings, you know, he has. But again, my my man, my argument against that, yo, this is an ultimate team sport. If you don't, ultimate. if you don't surround me with the pieces that I need, then hey, you know, what I mean, you can just go to show this past draft. They go and draft a damn uh, quarterback. <laughs> Like, you don't need a quarterback. You got one of the best to ever do it right now. You know I what I'm think saying? it was a good ever. draft move. I think it was a good draft move. All right, that's cool. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? All right, it is what it is. But that's goat status. 88, 44 uh, touchdown passes, 88 interceptions. Man. Yeah, 400, 400, to, 400 to 88, that, that's, that's wild. So, uh, yeah, I agree, I agree with you. And, and as you know, as you said, and as everybody knows, it's a, the ultimate team accomplishment to win the Super Bowl. Even in basketball, you know, people always talk about when they're comparing the greats, oh, he didn't have this many championships whatnot. But that's a team game. It's a team sport from the top down, not even just the people in the locker room playing the game, but the organization, the mm -hmm. general manager, the coach. Like, all those things are incredibly important when it comes to winning the championship. So when you're comparing great players just as individuals, position by position, Definitely unfair to, uh, you know, hold a player back because of the Super Bowl accomplishments. Now Brady got six, been to nine, you know, played for 20 years, dominated for so long. So that's why he's kind of cemented in that spot, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, A-Rod got to get some serious consideration. You look at his passer rating over his career, you look at, you know, <laughs> this ratio. It's wild, man. It's wild. We played against, you know, matter of fact, on this list, I picked off A Rod, so I'm one of them 88. Got got his ass at Lambo too. <laughs> uh, salute, salute. You got you got Brady what four or five times. Did you get yeah, him in the playoffs yeah. too? 
Um, nah, I think Oman's was um regular season. Regular season. Oh, Clay Drew Brees. I didn't get him. Did you get him? I got him. Okay, you got Breeze. I got Peyton. So that's you know the top four as far as ratio wise. I got two of them. You got two of them. Philly Riv. You got Philip. I got Phil. Got Philip. I think you took him to the crib. Matter of fact, yeah, yeah. pick six. Crib pick call. six. Now, um, serious question. Did you get Marino? <laughs> Did you? Fuck out of here. <laughs> and uh, Farm and Brett Farm seven. Did you get Farm? Nah, I didn't get Farm though. I didn't I get him. So yeah. I got both. Boom. I got two of them. You got one, two, and you didn't get Peyton. So I got Peyton, too. Okay. So, yeah, you got three. You got three of them. So you got three, two, three, two, AB. But, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, 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 man yeah. to man. So when we talk ball, listen, man, you know, we, we, we know what we're talking about. The best of the best, man. Yeah. I mean, we know what the hell we talk about. But, uh, man, sticking with the quarterbacks, though, before we get off and wrap this thing up, man, obviously, big breaking news out of Philly. We've talked about it a lot all year, like every show probably has. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. When was it was almost a matter of you know when, not if, in my opinion, at least. What's your thoughts on the move? Uh, we talked about it earlier, man. Um, mm -hmm. We got to find a, a spark somewhere, and um, obviously, when Jalen Hurts uh, ended the game this past game, gave him a little spark, and I just think um, this would be a perfect time for that team to see if something's going to happen. Um, and again, as you see around around the league, it's a lot of young quarterbacks that's playing. Um, fairly good ball. So Philly has a good quarter, a young, good young quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Gonna put him in the game. Um, he's gonna start, and we're gonna see what he can do. You know, um, yeah. you say you say that you have um, Philly over the Saints this week. Oh, you giving away my pick early. That was supposed. To, I was supposed. To. <laughs> I think you. Are, I think you a damn fool. Um, but we gonna see. You know what we I'm saying? We gonna see. We, we gonna, gonna see Jalen Hurts. But I, I hope the young I hope the young boy out there, I hope he does well. Um it's his time to shine. Shit. I hope he, you know what I mean, put him on their back and 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 do what he do. Yeah, man. I hey, I love his journey so far. And uh, you know, I I wish the best for Carson going forward as well. You know, I think he'll land on his feet, super talented. Um, you know, things happen in this league. Everybody goes through their own journey. This is a down for him, but uh, I definitely see him coming back up and getting another opportunity. But as far as uh hurts go. I feel like he just always been kind of more mature in his years, you know, always ready. Even when he got benched at Alabama, I feel like he took that, you know, he took that to the chin when he moved on to Oklahoma, did his thing. And he got drafted in the second round, which raised a lot of eyebrows. I thought once again, it was a good draft pick. You know, the best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't technically need one. Uh, maybe that has some effect with Carson's psyche, but, you know, Hurts got in there to look good in his first you know, his first uh, showing out there quarterback and now actually game planning and taking all the one reps and actually tailoring. And I'm sure they've been kind of they've already been working on his, you know, game plan for the last few weeks. Once we heard the news of him getting more first team reps. So um, I like it. I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about I'm excited about Jalen Hurts going forward, man. I'm, I'm bullish. I'm bullish on Jalen Hurts. We'll see. Yeah. And yes, like A.B. said, I'm taking them to upset the Saints. This week, but you know, take out the greatest thought. I took, I took the damn Falcons to beat the Saints. Hey, look, hey, look. But what I'm telling you, you've been doing a lot with this oh, betting. You know what I mean? You giving people, oh, you know, uh -huh. spares of the week or whatever. So as a friend, you know what I'm saying? As business partners, mm -hmm. don't do that to yourself. <laughs> I was out there. It's, it's, it's up there. It's stuck there. Hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do that to yourself. You can always come back. You know, you can Man. always dig on that. Don't do that Man. to yourself. Hurts. Don't let me down, baby. Don't <laughs> let me down, Hurts.
Hey. Don't let me down, man. But yeah, this this is you know, we'll see, we'll see. What well, is seven well. point? Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook has the Saints seven point favorites right now. That's good. That's right where I want you, Vegas. That's hey. right where I want your ass. Man, Saints been losing <laughs> right now, man. But I know they hot. They hot. They hot they right hot. now. They I like the right Eagles, now. but we talked about the Eagles before. I like their defense too. I just feel like they, you know, they've been they haven't had any support from the other phases. So maybe uh Jalen provides that spark. He we'll will provide a, a spark, but we, it ain't gonna be too much. But hey, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, another episode, man. Another another episode of Man to Man Prime. Again, uh, appreciate Renee Montgomery stopping by. UConn legend. Um, you know, again, like we always say, you know, subscribe, like, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, yes, yeah, sir. What's your thoughts on the game tonight before we get out of here? You know, we got some Tuesday night football. Tuesday night football. Um, Ravens Cowboys. Ravens Cowboys. Um, I'm going to go. Ravens is my pick. Um, I think they got them um, at eight, eight and a half. So uh, I'm gonna take the Cowboys to cover the spread, though. Taking the Cowboys to cover. Okay, okay, okay. I see that. You know, Andy Dalton fairly, and, fairly, fairly uh, familiar with the Ravens. Yeah. So we'll see. And and again, you never know. You never know what type of you know defensive um, performance you're gonna get out of the uh, out of the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, you, you know the Ravens uh, offense kind of been struggling, so I'm gonna take the Ravens, man. Lamar prime time. I feel like he got something to prove. He's been getting talked about crazy. Just saw his uh, his draft mate Josh Allen show off last night on prime time. I'm betting on Lamar cover the spread. I damn, I put my bet in at seven and a half, and then moved to eight and a half. So Vegas thinking with me too. I'm taking uh, Lamar and the Ravens to cover <clears throat> and to win the game. Um, only way Dallas can win, I think, is if, if Zeke controls that clock and he runs like the old Zeke and protects that ball. But, um, you know, we'll see. And Andy Dalton obviously just can't trick it off. Yeah. We'll see. But they need this win, though. Watch the football team got a big win. Giants got a big win. Uh, who has that? T- the Giants, I think the Giants had a tiebreaker, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's still it's still up in there in the NFC. So big, big, big game for the Cowboys. So um, we should get their best shot. But um, hopefully we see a good game, man. We will. We will. Yep. But a great episode, man. Great episode. Hey, Tom, I got a question before we close out. Can will we get cut off if I put this music on? This uncopyrighted music. <laughs> you got you got a few seconds. Oh, you probably got like five. Oh, we got, seconds. Oh, hey, Siri, turn that song back on. We out, man. Hey Siri, can you play that song? Huh. <laughs> Hey, 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 that's about it's five. A, uh. It's a classic, though. Fact. And we out of it. Oh. Go.